Hey guys, welcome back to King's Corner Life Notes. So for today's episode, we have someone very special, someone um, that I can definitely give a lot of praise to um, or else I wouldn't be here. Um, so if I don't know if you could tell, but it is my mother. welcome (laughs) so i'm visiting you you live in ottawa about four or five hours away um so we're here celebrating christmas in this weird season of covid and i thought it'd be so interesting to record an episode with you because we often have lots of deep talks about growing up childhood and i think it's so cool to you know get to know your parents life before you know you the the child was (laughs) brought up into it so i think it'd be cool to kind of touch on your story um i think a lot of my friends would be interested in family and you know so on okay first things first okay so you grew up in ottawa i did you did Mm -hmm. and you have siblings i do so why don't you kind of touch on you know the dynamics of growing up and what it was like for you in ottawa well it was a bit weird because we moved around quite a bit. So in the early years of my parents' marriage, my dad got a lot of postings around the world. And so we did a lot of traveling and uh, were born in a few various places. So my sister was born in Paris. My, I was born in the Netherlands. My brothers were born here in Ottawa. Okay, sorry about that. Um, we had our dog in the room with us and he just decided to go nuts he decided to go nuts so i absolutely had to cut the barking out or else your ears would probably bleed so you're welcome but um we had to cut off you at what you were talking about with um, yeah i forget where even we were i was just saying that my parents decided to settle down after they Mm -hmm. had me and they settled in ottawa and they were both raised in the area so they had roots here and it was weird because I was like 10 years younger than my youngest brother. And so um, I was sort of, I'm not an only child, but I felt like I was uh-huh. growing up because they were so much older. They were in like high school when I started school. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember them at home with me a lot because I was so young. I have mm-hmm. pictures of them, you know, tossing me around and stealing my dolls and ripping their heads off and making me cry and doing all sorts of brutal things. Oh, how sweet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's so interesting to me. I remember I recently found, not recently, but I, within the past like four years, just realized that the age difference, and I obviously just being a kid, I never knew the difference, the ages between you guys. But I think that's so interesting. Your oldest, well, the brother that's... The youngest brother. The youngest brother is 10 years older than you. Mm -hmm. And your oldest sister, the oldest out of the family. She's 15 years She's 15 years older than you. Yeah. So it was almost like she was like a second mom. You had two moms. Yes, actually. And in fact, I did call her mom as well growing up because she uh, she helped my mom obviously Mm -hmm. because she was I think 13 or something when I was born so that's like primo age for yeah it's like grade nine yeah right and you're just like you know you have a little baby doll and uh, she took me everywhere and I called her mom that's what I'm told yeah so we I mean they settled there I went to school and uh, my mom got a job in the government started working my dad still went on postings so he was away a lot I don't remember him being home too much Mm -hmm. It's so crazy because Papa literally traveled around the world. 
Like, you guys were living in New York for a bit. I don't know what other places, but, you know, if you ever get a chance to come to my mom's house, um, (laughs) if you're family or friends, but around her house, she just has, like, these artifacts. Is that a great way to put it? But they're just things that, you know, she'll be like, oh, yeah, my dad got that from Africa. It's like a wicker basket. and An ivory, which is illegal, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so yes, yeah, like that. It's yeah, and elephants from Africa, and uh, yeah, all sorts of neat things. And they've got more in their house, obviously. Yeah. Oh my gosh, their house is Mm -hmm. a museum. I know it's full of stuff. So transitioning on, I think it's really interesting to learn about you know your parents or your family members, you know, history of their life before, like I was saying, Mm -hmm. you've become in it. Um, So you had me when you were twenty nine. And you moved away from Ottawa and moved to Toronto because um, that's where dad lived. Mm-hmm. And I'm an only child. You are. I am. One was enough. Oh, yeah, was it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't beat perfection. So. Of course. Oh, I didn't even realize the compliment in that. <laughs> Thank you. We had a very close relationship growing up. I, I would almost tell my friends this all the time, and I still do. I feel like you were like my older sister at times. And I felt like... Um, you're a mom, obviously, sometimes like mother and, you know, getting, giving me trouble and, you know, yes. punishing me. But then there's other times with, in circumstances that you were just very understanding and sister-like, mm-hmm. which I feel like, you know, being an only child, it just created a dynamic for me to be very close with my parents. Mm-hmm. So I think that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So what was it like, you know, living by yourself in, because my parents are divorced, but living by yourself in this, you know, townhouse and, you know, raising little tiny mm-hmm. girl? Well, I'm, I'm a type of person that really likes uh, change and um, not afraid to take risks. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for new, exciting things to do and situations to put myself in and and uh, moving here was one of those things. I mean, I had been in Ottawa all my life. And so, you know, having a, a child and uh, was a new adventure and, and being on my own was another new adventure. Yeah, so I sort of embraced those. I, I do like them. And uh, I was I was up for the task and decided to use um, some money accumulated here and mm-hmm. a little property I was renting out and settle down, make roots in Mississauga. and. Yeah, I was I was really happy with with the way things had gone, and um, I was comfortable being a mom mm-hmm. and being alone. I have no problem being alone. Natural, maybe maybe, maybe too much. Yeah. <laughs> that's just so interesting. When you found out you were pregnant, okay, how what went through your mind? Were you like, okay, well, I know exactly how I want to raise my child. Um, I know you know, what kind of parenting tactics I'm going to use. Because I can say on my side, you were a very present mom and you were more like, hey, listen, if you get into trouble, give me a call. There'll be no consequences in that sense, just, but just I'm there for you. So just like, mm-hmm. do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But well, did you plan to be like that or? No, you kind of, and I don't think the best parents, you can't do that. Like you, you, you think you know what you're doing, but you really don't. Yeah. And you're kind of winging it. And your child and their development will di- dictate how you treat them. I mean, you were uh, you loved to be presented with options and make your own decision. You did not like just being told blindly to do something. And mm-hmm. I don't recall 
enjoying that much either. (laughs) In fact, that was my only option growing up was, you know, this is where, you know, you're going here, you know, you you go to day camp and they just kind of like, let you go. That's where you're going. And I'd be like, I don't feel like going today, so I'm not going to (laughs) go. And (laughs) I would skip school. I would skip camps and meet up with friends and get into trouble and not huge trouble, but, you know, just doing Mm. things you shouldn't be doing. Just teenager stuff. And I thought, well, I don't want that to happen. I don't want you to do that. So I felt by presenting you with options and letting you make your own decision that we both could live with that. And, um, and then, and then you would be more accepting of, of the choice. So it, it's sort of, I think every parent kind of develops their skills based on their kids' needs, Hmm. if that makes any sense. And so what do you mean by options? I don't know. When you were young, I would say, okay, uh, you would be like, I want to go to Jen's house. I'd be like, shout out Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so I'd be like, okay, well, there's, you know, you need to do homework. And, you know, so you can do your homework now and get it over with and then go to Jen's. Or you can go to Jen's now, but when you come home, you have to do it for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because you'd be jonesing to go or whatever. And you'd say, okay, I'll do it when I go to home. But And you would never complain. You'd get home and I'd be like, don't forget, you were going to do your homework. And you'd be like, okay. So it kind of like that mm-hmm. mentality. And, and anytime you wanted to go out, it would be like, okay, you can go out, you know, and, you know, be home at 11. And then you'd call. Can I stay another hour? <laughs> Oh, do I sound like that? <laughs> you did, actually. But I actually do remember that in high school. And I remember you always saying, I would ask you, hey, can I go over to this person? They're, you know, having a group of friends over. Can I go? And you go, okay, well, what time are you going to be home at? And I would say, okay, maximum 12, like midnight. And mm-hmm. you go, okay, there's your, that's your curfew. Exactly. And I think that's, that's so interesting. And I never realized that, like, looking back, I did have a lot of freedom, which made me just want to explore my options and it gave me a lot of independence within that setting Mm -hmm. it helped me task manage it helped me organize you know my my skills I'm like okay well if I want to go over to see Chelsea I need I know that I need to clean my room and I know that I need to clean my bathroom and blah 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 so I'm either going to do that now or do it when I get back so Mm -hmm. kudos to you on that I think that's really cool it worked for us anyway so before I was even born you didn't know you were going to be like that is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of I developed into what I felt would work for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think every parent does that. I think they sort of, you know, with their own morals and principles, they bring those to their parenting and, and the needs of their kids. So if if I if you were more of, of a, you know, party animal, <laughs> I might have kept a tighter lid on things. Right. And, and had more control and, and you know given you less you know pleasing options I guess you know I might have done the same thing but I I might have adjusted the options or I might have not I might have given a couple of options for curfews instead of leaving it up to the person or and if they don't listen to the curfews and they decide they're gonna not come home at all and not call then you know what I mean like it just depends on mm-hmm. you know the kid so I think I would have had to do things quite differently if that was the case. So basically, I'm just the golden child. You were pretty awesome. No, I'm kidding. You seriously were. You were okay. like an awesome baby. You didn't cry unnecessarily. Like you were always content to sit and watch what was going on. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, do laundry. I could whatever. You'd sit in that chair and you'd be happy just watching me go back and forth and and gurgle and slurp and okay, play Mom, with things. My and friends like are you were friends. awesome. No, you were. You were a good kid. That's and, so uh, funny. Yeah, so it was really, you know, I can't complain. I, it was pretty easy raising you on my own. You were pretty good. Oh, you're welcome. 
Okay, so was there ever a moment as you being a mom that um, you were <laughs> scared? Was there ever a moment that you were really, really concerned? I, that's basically all I'm asking, like just for a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few times, obviously your surgery being one of them, but... Um, yes, that's episode three. I, but uh, sort of a funny memory that always comes to mind uh, is when I was living in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a unique apartment because it had, like, you come in the door and all of the rooms were to the left. So it had this really long hallway going from one end of the apartment to the other and doors at either end. Yeah. And our bedrooms were on one end of the apartment and the uh, living room with the TV and all that was at the other end. And mom was down, nanny was down mm-hmm. visiting and we had put you to bed in your crib, and uh, which was at one end, and we were at the other end watching TV and chatting or whatever. And it was stormy. It was raining and thunder and lightning, and um, you know it was really close overhead. And all of a sudden, we hear this huge crash, like shattering crash. I can't even describe to you. That's um, crazy. Uh, so what did it sound like? It, it just, just I it, like something crashed into. the window wall of the apartment like just really jarring loud and uh, you know something's happened and And of course you're at the other end of the apartment and I'm like what the you know so Mm -hmm. I both get up and unfortunately mom was ahead of me and and entered the hallway in front of me and she's obviously older and wasn't moving fast enough (laughs) and I literally pushed her into the wall (laughs) to get her out of my way And uh, ran past her into your room and I opened the door and there was like this huge tree limb that had crashed in the window mm-hmm. and there was, you know, it had sprayed some glass into the crib and you were literally sleeping. I you weren't even up. awake. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, there's wind and rain blowing in and you're still sleeping in your crib. That's insane. You, it wasn't hitting you, but you it was like, yeah, Loud. you were sleeping. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this girl <laughs> is weird. Picked you up and woke you up. <laughs> And brought you in uh, into my bedroom and put you back to bed there while we had to figure out what to do. But I yeah, don't even what'd you guys what do? I I called the landlord, yeah. um, and he came the next day, and we just um, I think Mum and I just put like a garbage bag, like oh my gosh, stapled I would it pay to see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kept the door closed. That's like, so funny. yeah. It was kind of it was kind of funny. We joke about it now. I don't even know if Mum will remember it, but it's pretty funny. So. You know, I know you were saying before that you felt, you know, really encouraged and comfortable moving away from um, Ottawa to Toronto. But, you know, was there ever just moments of you just, you know, completely missing home and your family? Because your family still lives here, you know, in Ottawa when you were in Toronto. So what was that process on, like, dealing with that and stuff? Um, Most definitely. So, yeah, I think what... I did to sort of combat that in the beginning was I drove home like at least once a month. I'd, really? I'd come home and visit Nanny at you know for a weekend at least once a month, and uh, and then just activities as you got older took over and we weren't able to do that. So Mum would come here, so her and I were very close, same as you and I, and um, yeah. So there, it was really hard, but I think we we sort of visited each other as as often as we could and. And then mom got older and, um, you know, she got cancer and uh, a little bit more frail. And so coming up here or going to Toronto was was too difficult for her. 
So, and then of course, you know, busy lives and, you know, it's hard to bring you when you've got activities, soccer practice and. Exactly. Kumon mm-hmm. and. Uh, okay, don't you know, expose piano. me. <laughs> My mom. All those fun like, activities you did on the weekends, just... like every freaking weekend. But, um, but it was, it was okay. I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but yeah, I, I feel like looking back now that I'm here again, I don't think I ever felt at home in Toronto. Mm. I think my home is here and it, it just, everything about it feels right when I'm here. So I think in deep down, I, I missed it always. And I just, you know, it was always an adventure, um, but I wanted to come back, but you know, it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm here for, for various reasons that aren't always, you know, positive, I guess, to think of, right? Because <laughs> yeah. my parents are getting older and I miss them terribly and I want to be with them as much as I can while yeah. I can. Well, especially because you were away from so so long and now being down the road from them, literally it's less than so 10 minutes. so amazing, yeah. So yeah. I, I understand you would want to, um, you know kind of make up for time lost yeah and they're not going to be you know around forever unfortunately so i want to which is so annoying (laughs) what's a reality we have to live with isn't it it's annoying so i want to maximize the time um with them and and be with them uh, as much as i can and enjoy that and it's nice to have my sister close by and see my brothers and have all of our family gatherings that we used to have and Mm -hmm. and now i have the place that's seems to accommodate the family and and so I get to host those things and they're happy for that because they're tired of doing all the hosting (laughs) yeah it's just comfortable it's it's very nice so what would you say was your biggest lesson from being a mom (laughs) that's some hard hitting questions serious crap right there (laughs) (laughs) my biggest lesson I learned from being a mom is I guess the fact that you can have I forget what I was gonna say. Oh my god! <laughs> just go through. It. You were like almost <laughs> going through the podcast. I'm like, like seriously. My name <laughs> is. If I speak slower, maybe the idea will come to me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's a technique that's not working. No, clearly. I think uh, I don't know. I I think the biggest thing I learned is. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Okay, I right. wanted to say is. Um, letting go letting go is i think it's made you stronger the oh fact that gosh. i didn't like hover like a helicopter yeah i gave you your space and i trusted i didn't trust your decisions necessarily but i trusted that if you uh, got in danger or any needed my help i knew that i made the uh, relationship yeah i made it important in our relationship for you to feel that you could come to me like you mm-hmm. said, you know, you were out and you had a really bad trip. You could always call me up and, and there, it wouldn't be no consequences, but I, I certainly wouldn't punish you for calling me and, and being able to go and get you and bring you home. And then it'd be like, okay, yeah, you are grounded, but you know, you're home safe and yeah, small price to pay. And you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. In school, I'm in child and youth studies, so we often learn about family dynamics and like growing up and the development of children. And we often talk about, you know, there's no right way to you know, raise a child, but we talk about important forms of parenting that we should implement within programs, whatever. Don't want to get into all the <laughs> educational things about my university experience. But one of the things was it's really important to, how do I put this? Basically, it's important, like you were saying, give your child 
the understanding that if they are in trouble that they will not be in trouble for calling you right. because i grew up with so many friends that they would never call their mom or their dad no one none mm -hmm. of their family members if they were in a crisis yeah. and i think that's so bad to implement within your child because what kind of comfort does that bring either of the parties mm -hmm. yeah. it's so important to you know create an understanding like you were saying listen if you're ever in trouble you can call me understand that you won't be in trouble for calling me but you know if you're in some serious stuff Mm -hmm. you know for sure obviously yeah. if you're you were doing bad stuff you're gonna get consequences but i just think it's important to not punish your child for calling you i think that's what basically i'm trying to saying and that's mm -hmm. what we learn about um and you never did that i remember probably a lot handful of times you know calling you when i'm in trouble and you know t you taking my phone away for two nights obviously yeah but i still just understood like yeah and i think i i realized that those you need to make those mistakes because those mistakes are what's going to help you learn like getting drunk and puking is you have to do it because then okay, I've you never done it I'm just gonna say that right now okay all I'm my just... family members listening <laughs> I haven't I'm just saying that it it's it's sort of you know you you kind of like okay I overdid it you know I I I was lucky that my mom came and got me or my friends took care of me, but that could have ended a lot worse. And, and so you learn from those mistakes not to do that next time. Exactly. Right? Next time I'm not going to drink that much or I'm going to be slower about it or I'll make sure, you know, that I'm in a safe place, you know, if I'm going to, you know, partake. And within that specific topic example that you brought up, I think a lot of people can experience that and just absolutely understand and feel the physical you know pain from it to understand mm, exactly their own moving forward okay well now i'm not going to do this or i'm not going to do this and it doesn't just have to be you know within drinking but it can be involved within literally anything yeah going to someone's house that you don't know that well like with a group of kids maybe you're like oh i'm not having a good time yeah. i need you know i remember one time you went to someone's house and you weren't comfortable and you just said you know i don't feel good and called me up and and i came and got you and i'm like what's up like you've never canceled a sleepover and you were like it, I wasn't having a good time. Yeah, I like, do remember that. was that. it. And you, and it was like, so I feel giving the kid that power, you know, it's something I learned that giving the kid that power, it allows them to go through those experiences in a safer way, mm -hmm. I guess. Wow. Pretty Just deep, eh? On the fly. Spinning I'm like a Because <laughs> <laughs> one thing I feel like millennials, there's a lot of parents out there that kind of do everything, make every decision, pay for everything, make every meal, you know, and then they go out in the world and it's brutal. Oh, yeah. Like nobody takes care of it. You're kind of, yeah. you know, and I didn't want that for you. I wanted, you know, you know, because you struggled in school a little bit. You're not as studious as other kids, mm -hmm. and, and I never was either. But I didn't have, you know, I did okay. You did do okay. Yeah, right? Like job-wise and stuff. And I and I feel like um, they put too much pressure on kids to have these perfect grades and, and speak perfect English. And, I mean, I, I just don't, and, you know, be excellent in math and... Mm -hmm. Like, not every kid can be everything, all of those things. There's some kids that are great at, at, at school and get 80s and 90s all the time, and they suck at social situations. Yeah. Like, really bad. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know how to have a natural conversation with somebody. So, you know, so what does that mean? Well, that means you'll you'll get a job, but you're 
probably not going to be CEO of anything. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the most successful people never even went to school. And you know what's so interesting that you touched upon too? I feel like growing up, um, I definitely had a learning disability. Like I, sure. I touched upon this um, on a different episode as well. But growing up with a learning disability, I would go home and literally cry every night. You with... had some tough times. And oh. I was like, you know what? It's not just yeah. isn't that important. It's not. It's fine not to be able to, you know, to... So you're not getting 80% or 90%. You were so adamant about being, like, you were the weirdest. Like, you, we would play soccer, and the first time you were out on the field, I don't want to do this anymore. Because you, you weren't as good as you thought you would be. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you need to be patient and practice. Mm-hmm. And, like, you always wanted to be really good at everything right away. And I think over, it took time for you to realize that you know you need practice so you didn't have a special school or doing tests in a special situation Mm -hmm. that accommodated your disability Mm -hmm. whatever it might have been because we never got a check I know you're fine yeah you're in university you're fine you're writing essays and okay so their grammar is not the best and like who cares nice things whatever read some (laughs) more books like I just don't feel like everything has to come out of a can called university I think life is fine you know our kids are fine this demand and those parents that stifle their kids creativity by making them put their nose into books only it just I I just think it's it's kind of not preparing them well for the world and it's also funny too because like you were saying they get almost babied or you know within high school and elementary school but then university comes and I've literally witnessed it with my own eyes and you know heard about it firsthand but just so many kids just can't do it Mm -hmm. because they don't know how to cook Mm -hmm. pasta they don't know how to cook rice or they don't know you know basic meals it's just and and just laundry and like keeping your house clean Mm -hmm. And, you know, managing your time between school and a job and friends and social, you know, and, and yeah. So I don't know. I think, uh, I think you came out okay. Yeah, I think you did a good job too. I think so. I think we're good. Well, this conversation went better than expected, to be honest. I always know that we always have great flowing combos, but I just kept thinking, you know, I know everything about you. What is there (laughs) to talk about more? But I just think the basis of this episode, what I wanted to kind of, demonstrate and put out there and you know upload was just the basic understanding of like a different relationship between a mom and a daughter i know there's many people that are close with their moms but i just thought it'd be interesting to share and look inside to your process of parenting and my experience on the other side of it and how it both kind of the stories lined up but from two different perspectives so i just think it was really interesting and do you have any final pieces of advice as we begin to wrap up this episode (laughs) no i don't have any advice left okay yeah I you think don't we're need any more and uh no I'm really proud of you doing this and well, I enjoy these podcasts and uh I thank you for interviewing me and I hope uh I hope that we can do this again yeah just a nice continuous conversations is what Chelsea likes to call it as well <laughs> she's like just it's just like a continuous conversation every episode I'm like that's a great way to put it yeah so yeah, shout out I to you it. Chelsea <laughs> but <laughs> Anyways, thank you for being here. I appreciate you coming on here. I know it's hard to like be on a podcast. It's very intimidating, but hopefully um, you enjoyed it. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out my Instagram at Kings Corner underscore life notes. Um, let me know if you guys enjoyed it. And we hope that you guys have a great Christmas and a happy new year and make sure to stay safe.
Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Bye.